Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to a bonus edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. Uh, we were going to wait till next week and do number 61, but then the Rough Riders... 62 would be next week. 61 was next week. Was that McQuarters? That was last week. I thought I was teeing up 61 when we did number 60. No, we were up to 62. Well, then we, we salute next week Vic Stevenson, number my 60. Birthday. How about my age? Oh. 62. Jeez, I thought we had a lot more podcasts to go before we hit your age. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um... We weren't planning this one, and then on Wednesday morning, the Rough Riders announced that they traded Zach Kalaros to the ha- to Hamilton, to the Toronto Argonauts for a conditional fourth round pick in the 2020 CFL draft. That changed everything, at least as far as the immediate discussion. Uh, Mur, Mrs. Murray McCormick, by the way, our Hi, folks. outstanding football writer, and read his Zach his, his Cody Fajardo <laughs> profile in Thursday's paper. It's outstanding, as is Murray. Enough. Love for Murray. What are your initial thoughts right off the top about the uh, regarding the Zacharos? How about deal? the initial question I had for myself? Are the Riders a better team now than they were before trading Zacharos? And I think they are because they've. I don't even get a chance to answer that one. They've removed themselves from the headache of what do they do, what if, and what happens. That whole discussion is gone. And regardless of how, and it's not to disparage Zach or any point in this, but that the uncertainty about that was going to be hanging over this team since the day he was hit in the head. And I think they've cleared up that thing. It's Cody Fajardo's team, even though uh, Craig Dickinson mentioned during his scrum that there's no one guy on this team. There's 24 starters, there's 40 and all that stuff. But it's Cody Fajardo's team as the offensive star of the quarterback position and let him go and let him run with it. I'm disappointed that it ended this way for Zach. I, I really think, and I think a lot of it, I think he came into shape in this season's shape mentally, physically, and ready to do everything he could to lead this team. And because of one of the dirtiest hits we've still seen in football, he's out and he's going to, boy, Toronto. That's Yeah, good uh, luck with that. So there's a whole bunch of thoughts. but uh, Isaac Harker, just, I think, changed things too because the yeah. Warfighters have a degree of comfort in having Isaac Harker as number two. So I think the whole argument, had it existed, of do the riders keep Zach Caleros around as a backup, yeah. it ceases to be relevant given the fact that that uh, Isaac Harker is younger and, and less expensive and, and probably has more of a more of a more of an upside at this at this stage I'm surprised and I don't know the extent of the medic nobody's given us any details yet as far as the the, uh, the medical situation fine. but I'm surprised that after having been concussed as often as he he has and we don't know the number and we don't know the severity but what we can say beyond any dispute is that this has happened repeatedly I'm surprised that that he would want to proceed as a player. And I'm surprised that the Toronto Argonauts would want him to proceed as a player, given the, the risks that he is now incurring by continuing to play. And football is a dangerous game. It's a physical game. It's a risky name game by nature, but given everything that's happened previously, why would you move on from this point? I just, I'm that, that aspect of it really surprised me. Tells you how desperate the Argos are. They're going to take a guy with the known concussions issues, who, I guess, who passed his baseline test. He's cleared the play. And we, we've been there before. He was cleared to play in the West semifinal, and he didn't play anyway. So he's cleared to play. The Argos are in that bad a position that they have to take a chance on a guy that's been off concussed this year and then deal with all the other issues that are going to come back now and what happens. Because he's going to get hurt again. We know that. I hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. I would love to be as wrong and to swing and miss on this as much as anything. I hope he plays for another decade, and I hope he wins repeated Grey Cups, and I hope he has a nice life, and I hope he lives into his 90s or his 100s. Uh, I I mean, honestly. But 
when you when you look at the percentages, when you look yeah. at the entire story, what are the chances? And if you're the Argonauts, and so the worst case, the best best case scenario is that he has this utopian conclusion to his career yeah. that was part A. Part B, in the worst case scenario, is that there's another concussion. There's once again the awful sight of Zach Kalaros laying on the turf. And do you want to see that again? And if you're a coach or a GM, do you want that on your conscience? And Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson no longer have to make that decision. I don't think it would have been a decision for them anyway. And I think you may not even be on the turf. It could be something as just as easy as getting his head brushed against. That's unfortunate how easy the next one can happen to him. And it's and it's too bad about that. And I, you know, I, was, I asked Craig, what do you, what do you think <laughs> Zach's legacy is <laughs> after one year and 16 games? I think it was 16 games. Yeah, we see, but well, he 10 and four as a starter last year and then three plays this so year. So do we say his legacy is bad luck or do you say bad fortune or just I think it's bad mixed. timing? If you look at it, they were 10 and four in the games that he started. I don't think it was a 10 and four. They, they received 10 and four caliber quarterbacking, perhaps four and 10 caliber quarterbacking, yep. but. They won, by and large, when he was in there. But bad luck, bad timing, what have you. He gets, if you trace it right back to that exhibition game here against Calgary in 2018, he's in the third playing in the third quarter where your starter should not be playing, and he takes a hit that knocks him out of the game and has repercussions that resurface or at least persist until the second game of the season against Ottawa when there really wasn't any notable hit that knocked him out of the game. He just wasn't feeling great. And that was traced back to that preseason game against Calgary when he shouldn't have been in there in the third quarter. And that's something he himself has even said. So how did things change if they just follow a logical pattern and play their starter in the first quarter or the first half and then put Brandon Bridges? But because they had that silly fake quarterback competition, Zach Kalaros is playing in the third quarter of a home preseason game, and that's where he got hit, and that's where it started. He ended up starting 11 consecutive games after coming back from the uh, from the his first in on the six-game injured list. But after that, there was the Odell Willis hit against yeah. BC. And then there's... And then there was that whole drama remember leading the up to the Winnipeg game, and then the opener against Hamilton. And then Calgary, he didn't tell... He lied about that injury, too. That was another point. Or he just did, didn't tell anybody. Just didn't tell anybody, but he should have. So he, he kind of showed that. And that's... I'm not going to ten years I'm not back. That's a malign him for no, that. But ten years back, that's a competitor. Now it's being just foolish with your life. I think it's a whole different perception of what concussions can do and having your bell rung and stuff. There's way, way more uh, connotations of it's bad for you, and we know this bad. He's but, probably the five thousandth football but, player, because yeah, a conservative yeah. estimate, not to tell the coaches or training staff yeah. that he's he's having issues of that nature. That's. It's a pretty precarious position. I know you're the historian in this room, <laughs> even though you're older. By your own acknowledgement. Trying to think of a guy, you know, a guy like Cody Fajardo getting this opportunity in the past, Fatun injuries. Maybe you can run through a few of your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, um, the one that comes to mind. Not Rocky Butler, but this not, is sustained, sustained success. Um, you know, you, you look at an injury that has led to uh, someone ending up being the starter. You'd go back to 2008. Marcus Crandall gets hurt in yeah. week two. Uh, Stephen Giles comes in the second quarter of the game in BC, doesn't do much. So in the third quarter, Ken Miller puts in a young quarterback named Darian Durant who sees the opportunity. Yep. So that's the best case scenario. But then Michael o- Bishop came along but too. When, but, when, <laughs> but when, yeah, I mean, that turned out to be a mess in <laughs> yeah, 2008. Yeah. But it wasn't a situation where Marcus Crandall gets hurt and there was that body of work behind Darian Durant where they could say, okay, we're going from Marcus Crandall to Darian Durant. Boom, yeah. we've got this. We've got this quarterback. Even when Ken Austin showed signs that he was he was going to be 
the guy that was still that Austin Burgess thing. Uh, Cody Fajardo, I, I can't think of a lot of parallels of any in rider history of somebody who's just taken advantage of a situation when being next man up as a quarterback and seizing it. In 1963, Ron Lancaster was part of a five-headed quarterback situation, and there w- until the he, he had a 109-yard comeback uh, drive for comeback victory against Edmonton in 63. And even that wasn't enough to solidify him as a starter. They ended up starting Frank Trapuca well, subsequent 09, to that. Go back to 09. Remember Durant and Giles were having a training camp battle to determine who was going to be the starting quarterback? And there so, was that game in Calgary yeah. where they put Giles in in the yeah. second quarter. So, you know, there's, it's, it's in precedent. But just imagine, we, may, we were wondering back in the day <laughs> where the riders would be with Cody Fajardo. You know, who, who's this guy? Who's the guy who's a, pri- a primary backup quarterback? Very little film and going, whew. If Zach gets hurt, what are they going to do? And we talked about this and wasted so many <laughs> so many words on what? Editions 50, 51, 52, 53. Our Kevin Glenn lobby didn't exactly yeah. prove to be and the here comes Cody, most prescient. And I'm watching discussion. him at I'm watching him at the at the podium and I'm thinking he's so poised. He's handling it. He's, he's not he's not nervous. It's not something he's not ready for. It's not something he hasn't visualized in his mind. It's something and I he's very, very religious. And it's not something he probably hasn't prayed over to have this opportunity. And I'm watching him going, man, this this guy's ready to go. Like he's, he's seems a, like he's right out, right out of central casting. He's like a he's a big. I think he's six two and two three, two three. I don't know how he's a bigger big, guy, bigger guy, and you know, and he's going to be going against. You know, there is football to be played. It's not all Zach Kolaris. <laughs> Mind you, it could be. We could keep. We Zach. wouldn't be doing this foot, pod, podcast today if it weren't for the Claro stream. But the Tiger Cats have a good defense. You know, they're they're banged up offensively. I think Brandon Branks is gone and. Uh, there's another guy. Oh, Simone Lawrence is out of there too, and you know, Jeremiah Mozzoli. So, but defensively, they're still pretty good. Delvin Burrow's still back there, and I well, think look what they did to Winnipeg last. And Larry week. Dean's the middle linebacker, I think. Is that oh, he's in Edmonton now. Oh, okay, I'm kind of sorry, but that's a good football. That's team. a good football. They're good, very good, good football team. A, a good oh. defensive football team. The words, the questions, words still out on offensively with Dean Evans at quarterback, but I still think and Brandon Banks are pretty good. But Luke Tasker can play football. And, but now we'll see. I mean, it's interesting because they've traded Zach Kalaros and they're all obviously all in with Cody Fajardo. I don't think that's a surprise. But this is the first really, really big test of Cody. Well, not the first. The Calgary game was a really big test yeah. of Cody Fajardo and the Riders and, the, and Cody Fajardo did not fare well that day. So here's a, here's the, the next big test of Cody Fajardo and the Rough Riders. It's against Hamilton. They trade Zach Kalaros. What happens if the... Now, now the Riders have got to deliver yeah. and play up to expectations maybe we can call it a, let's call it a midterm exam how's that well the the, yeah. the uh doesn't it, doesn't it end the season if things go well it's the, it's a queen city x so we can at least refer to a midway a midway too and yeah and it's like a mini donut he'd be out there if he doesn't do well it's okay. a it's a irrespective of how well cody fajardo played or didn't play yeah. they still had to do this yeah if it's not a trade shut him down don't play him again here yeah. i don't and, and craig dickinson said that Initially, when talking about the, the the Zach Calaro situation, when the riders were coming out of the bye week, and said that uh, okay, um, were they coming out of a bye week? His first a recent media availability. He talked about how Cody Fajardo was playing does not influence this situation at all. Yeah, it's but it's a bonus the fact that he came in in a situation like this and did well. And I'm still trying to think of examples in rider history that are, that are a parallel. In in '83, the riders traded John Huffnagel to Winnipeg after having cut Joe 747 Adams earlier in the year, and it became Homer Jordan's job. And Homer Jordan had won a national championship with yeah. Clemson in 1981. And they thought Homer Jordan was the heir apparent. So that was a situation where, okay, we're trading John Huffnagel, the veteran, 
John Huffnagel was then 32 years old. In comes Homer Jordan. He did reasonably well for at the end of 83, played a bit in 84, won a game in Edmonton in 85, but he didn't prove to be the answer. In 1979, Tom Clements was a Ryder quarterback, and it looked a lot like Mike Riley in BC where there just wasn't any protection. The Riders were just awful that year. They traded Tom Clements to Hamilton. In came Larry Dick, who had been signed the year before. He'd been touted as the, the heir apparent. And he suffered a career-ending knee injury in the first half against against Winnipeg, the first game after the the, uh, the Tom okay. Clements trade. So there are many examples of a quarterback being okay in a situation where you've traded the veteran, here's the next guy up, and and uh, and he goes on and lives happily ever after. Zach, Cody Fajardo played so exceptionally yeah. in such a tough situation that that he made this he made this an absolute no-brainer. But it probably was anyway when you just look at Zach Kalaros's health situation and his background this has and to be production done. here too we, like i always said we touched on that uh one of the things i found interesting was that cody cody and zach were really close and you know they shared their locker you know they're right beside each other in the locker room and he credited zach with helping out him a lot he talked about how uh zach would watch film and practice and leave him some notes to study when he came back in his locker room so he's lost that mentor and i'm not saying steve walsh the, the quarterback's coach can't be the same mentor but there's not that that guy that Zach or Cody really, really respected. So you lose that aspect, and we're going to find out maybe how much you know Zach was in Cody's ear to get this position. Where because even when he wasn't here, I'm assuming he was still working with him and stuff. Because there's there's competition for the position, but there's also the team first, and that's the Riders' motto is team before self. So I, I was quite not surprised, but to hear this, the praises he had for Zach because. But he's, we, he's, he's said that consistently, I know, but though. There's Every not a lot of guys on this team that praise Zach, if you think about it over the years. It just kind of... Well, although we haven't really put the players in a position where we've been quizzing them about, what yeah. do you think of Zach Kalaros? Yeah, a couple I mean, times. In Montreal, when he did that. It's a unique situation with Cody yeah. Fajardo because he's replacing him. But yeah. we haven't had to... You know, there hasn't been the necessity of going up to Charleston Hughes and saying, what do you think of, what do you think of Zach Kalaros? Yeah. So you're talking about a pretty limited interview pool when you're asking people what they think of Zach Kalaros. I, I've heard nothing but that he hasn't been an exemplary teammate. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't, but I'm just saying we haven't really done dug deep to find out who Zach Kalaros is because last year he wasn't willing to go there at all. And we talked to people that knew him and they didn't really go there that much. So, yeah. But uh, hottest one of the hottest days in the summer, exhibitions on, home game. The buzz is about the riders. And, you know, there was a buzz. There's always a buzz. But maybe this kind of helps them out a little bit. Do you think maybe they sell a few more tickets tomorrow night? I'm not sure. I mean, nobody was – Zach Kalaros wasn't going to play anyway. No. I mean, this doesn't really change anything. It it, it gets a bit more talk out there. But uh, I'm not sure – I'm not sure this is – if if they were infusing a new player into the lineup, that might – So there's no addition by subtraction, I guess. I'm not – I don't think so. (laughs) It's uh, (laughs) – I think there's this game is intriguing on its own merits, yeah. Because it's a like you said, it's 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 another report card. You don't you don't want to go too far in diminishing or discounting what the Riders did against BC back to back. But it's the BC. fact remains that the teams that they have defeated, the Riders have defeated for their three victories, have a combined one victory, and the one victory was those two teams playing each other, and even that ended it should have been a, a mistake, right? <laughs> yeah. So. This is a chance for the Rough Riders to really, really prove themselves. And now that, now that it's that there's been the formal anointing of of Cody Fajardo as the guy, this is his first start as a Rough Rider, with him being the unrivaled number one quarterback. So that makes it more interesting. 
He's yeah. not news. I don't think there was any chance of him being a caretaker at that position. But now that discussion is completely gone. This is the guy. How is he yeah. going to do now that he has the the uh, the reins without the the specter of the Zach Calaro situation? I found it interesting. Part of the equation. I, I'm sorry. I asked Jeremy. You know, is is this Cody's team? And Jeremy, when when they signed for Jar, uh, uh, Calaro, Jeremy left no. Left, left no stone injured. He was their quarterback. Yeah. There's none of that fate stuff that went on in 18 between. So I asked him, is Cody the guy? And he kind of says, no, there's not the same thing as Craig. There's no one guy above the team and that kind of stuff. Didn't didn't go as far as to anoint him the starting quarterback. Yeah, but, but that's football I speed. Know, that's football. But it was just, an, just people will be watching the scrum and they'll be listening going, huh, that's an interesting response. And it really is. It's just, we know he's the guy. He is the guy. He knows he's the guy. His wife sent him a a bunch of heart-filled emojis. She heard before he did because they're all in team meetings this morning when the trade actually went down. So she sent she saw his, uh, these heart-filled emojis from him, from his wife, which is kind of cute. I didn't get any from my wife, anything from my wife today. Well, you wouldn't trade it. I don't know who you'd trade you for. Oh, she'd trade me for a Scottish Terrier in about two seconds. The only debate would be, is it a male or a female Scottish Terrier? I'd really? be gone. Really? So, so Marion, Marion, you and Marion. That give me pause for thought because that sounds like a <laughs> doggone good idea to be have Rob rid of Rob. Well, I can leave right now, and you can do a soliloquy if you want. Sir, I can talk about all the reasons why Rob should leave. Well, why would I? I just don't understand. Toronto has got to be so desperate. Oh, unbelievable! It could have been. No, the I just hope he doesn't get hurt there. Just don't, don't let this be another Jack and, Jack Calaro's injury. And I thought it, it could be, be worse. so awful. I'm, I'm jumping. I thought, I thought it could be worse, and it's not realistic. Could have gone to the BC Lions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mike Roddy is the toughest guy in the league five or six times over, and he's getting pounded. So maybe Zach's going to have to. He, there's a, a bright side to this, a little brighter side. He has a home in the Toronto area. His wife's from the Toronto area. He started his career in the Toronto area. So in a sense, maybe it's a win-win-win for everyone. Like the, the Argos Riders get a fourth round that could play, play his way up to a second rounder, which is nothing. Uh, Cody Fajardo, well, second rounder, second, second fourth rounder. You know, uh, Ray Algard was a second rounder. Glenn Suter was a second yeah. rounder, and so was Darius Bladek. Bladek, Bladek. So the Riders get. So the Riders have Cody Fajardo gets a chance to start, really be the guy without any sort of other. Oh, but he's the backup. The Argos get a quarterback, kind of, and the Riders get a fourth round pick. So maybe. Everyone wins. It's all everybody wins. It's just like a midway day. Everybody wins. Yay. So what are the ramifications financially? Uh, I mean, they, as I understand it, think of this, I, I reported back in, in, in February that that uh, the riders had paid, the deal would be, would be worth about $300,000 plus incentives. $170,000 of that was a bonus. Right. So the riders don't get a lot of cap savings here because he'd received a considerable portion of his remuneration up front. Well, Jeremy said, Jeremy O'Day, that this, it was structured in a way that they were protected on the cap. I, I wish I could remember all the details. It was pretty, I think people can realize it was pretty chaotic down there and with a lot of scrumming going on. But he says they're protected under this cap with him. And going forward with Cody, his contract is structured in such a manner that if he starts, he will get some incentives. He'll get he'll get his money. They're not. We, I, we didn't ask about the extension because he said he had a one-year contract. And that's what we assume. So uh, is there going to be a huge cap saying? I think Jeremy said the only thing is he only he's the only one who knows about the caps. He knows where they were when they got him. He knows where they are now, and he didn't. He's not going to share that information. Well, most so, of that money's been paid. More yeah. than half of his salary's been paid. So, yeah. so from this point on, there's there's the. the but it happens with any guy. Any yeah. guy gets injured, they're going to lose some money. And they, but it's just, 
but, uh, but they paid a hundred. They paid a big bonus to a guy who didn't end up playing playing for them for more yeah, than three plays. But they, they took a big gamble on a guy who hasn't played for them. And so, you know, you look back to when we remember in that free, we said anybody but Kolaris, and as the big three dropped off one by one by one. Although Jonathan, I mean, they could have signed Jonathan Jennings, but yeah. from what we've seen on Ottawa, uh, right. the, the the options were pretty. Even James Franklin. Remember when he we used to? How much time did we waste talking about James Franklin? Yeah. And we look at him now, going, "Ooh, maybe they're better off with Cody." Cody Fajardo. I hope he plays here for a long, long time, and I hope he establishes himself as the guy and the quarterback. Because I, I he's think got pe- that it factor. People are going to want to get to know Cody Fajardo. I think uh, religiously, I think he's going to the community. He's going to be a good guy in the community. He's focused right now on his football, but he also understands the big picture. He doesn't. He understands there's more to life than football. His wife lives on the other coast and goes to school at George Washington University, and. Uh, He's, he's dealing with that stuff. So, you know, let's try to get no Cody and, I guess, support him. I guess we got it because there's nothing but, else we can do. Well, not our job to support no, him. No, not to support him. But not, the, that's not from the fans. Yes, we will write about him. And if he stinks, we'll know. And if he's worthy of praise, we'll praise him. The interesting thing now, though, is that he signed uh, the same day that uh, around the same time that Zach Calaro signed a new deal with the Rough Riders, Cody Fajardo signed with the Rough Riders. And that was a one-year contract. So, okay, yeah. that becomes interesting because – He's clearly the guy. They've they've said that with this trade today. But do you let him get to free agency next year? What if he stays on this role? Do you want to lock him up and, and gamble that he's going to be what you've seen so far is what he's going to be and be able to get him for less now? If he, Or does he bet on himself and say, look, I'm going to play this season out. I might be able to make $500,000 next year if I have a big year, if this continues. How does this work? Because because now that the, they've the riders, especially with the Great Cup here in 2020, they got to make sure they're not starting from scratch at yeah. quarterback, well, and that yeah. means that Zach, that uh, Cody Fajardo, they'd better get him under contract through at least 2020. The way he's playing, what does he do? Does he just, does he look at it and say, okay, what I'll take I'll take a decent salary now, or am I going to bet on myself, enter free agency next year, and that could be a lottery win? Yeah, that's a good point. I think he's only, he's that, only that Cody Fajardo contract is huge. He knows he was only one knows that where that's going to go. So or how about we go? We go. Um, we have some writing to do. Murray's yes. done most of his. He did a great piece on <laughs> Cody Fajardo and, and uh, his time at the University of Nevada Wolfpack and talked to uh, some people who mentored him and encouraged him and opened some doors for him along the way. So, and I just did in the last half hour. Yeah. Unfortunately, the corrections and revisions will take three days. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. No, so that's, that's a tremendous Updating. piece of work. Updating, and that'll, we'll call and it. that'll be in the Thursday's paper along with yep. coverage of the trade. Story on William Powell and uh, sundry other sporting items in Thursday's best-selling edition. Do we need to read the, the notice post. here? Oh, go ahead. I guess so, eh? So if you enjoy da, 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 da. the bonus podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcasts. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is Stitcher? I don't know. I don't even want to know. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob at rvanstone at postmedia.com, and we'll read it on the show. Do you have any questions today? Yeah, what's a Stitcher? Okay. I want to know. You can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Vanstone or myself, Murray, at Murray LP. Thank you very much. So there. For Murray McCormick, I'm Rob Vanstone. Thanks for joining us. And we will be back next week with either number 61 or 62. I don't even know what number we're on anymore, but we will do a regularly scheduled podcast early next week. For Murray, I'm Rob. Thanks for, and for producer Mark Melnichuk. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.